It's us. I'm Nicole. I'm the mom. And I'm Mira. And I'm the daughter. And this is adulting, but not grown up. And we thought we'd talk today about invisible disabilities, kind of carrying on from last week's uh, episode on Mira's disability diagnosis. And talk about what an invisible, invisible disability is and how they're kind of annoying. <laughs> yes. So when you generally think about disabled people, um, an image might come into your mind with, of a wheelchair user, someone who's using a cane, maybe someone who's using like arm-braced crutches, something like that, you know? Seeing eye dog. Seeing eye dog, yes, excellent example. When you see those things, it is immediately apparent that that person is dealing with something that is disabling, and that's fine. It's it's okay to know immediately. Definitely handy for things like getting seats on buses. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, there are things that are not as apparent upon immediately seeing somebody, and those can be different things from it being things that aren't, you know, necessarily visible to the naked eye, like autism, or it might be things like chronic fatigue syndrome, where you're functional for certain hours of the day and even capable of holding a job, but later on, you're not having the most fabulous time of it. Right. <laughs> you are uh, paying for upkeeping with a abled lifestyle yes. for those hours of your day. Um, so you had some examples of some invisible disabilities. Yes. So it's a very wide umbrella because it's just any disability that you can't see. So that can be anything from autism, to dyslexia, to depression, to cystic fibrosis, to diabetes, to HIV and AIDS, to Crohn's disease, to ADHD. It's just a very large thing. You may not see those symptoms on someone. If you look at a person, you might not be like, they have epilepsy. That (laughs) would not be something immediately noticeable the way like a hearing aid might be, you know? And I was trying to look up um, like statistics on on disabilities and or invisible disabilities I should say and there does not seem to be a lot of research I looked for a few different countries and the states United States um, has done research and they say 10% of the population has an invisible disability I would assume that that's not going to be different depending on where you live I would guess that an invisible disability is pretty going to be fairly stable across the board no matter what country you're in so and I, I looked at you know Canada and the UK and different areas like that and the states was the only one I could find that had actually done research into um, the percentage so that's kind of pretty big 10% of the population that has an invisible disability yes so the statistics that I found were that one in five Canadians about 22% 15 and over have one or more disabilities which can be invisible or not right and one in four adults in America, 26% have a disability, invisible or not. So those are the rates for the North American countries. Yeah. And yeah, it's encompassing all disabilities. It's yeah. difficult to find um, data on specifically the invisible ones because a disability may be visible for one person and is invisible for another person. You know, right. it yeah. might be like, you know, if you have slight hearing loss, that's not a noticeable thing as opposed to someone who does wear a hearing aid regularly if you're someone who is obviously actively blind and uses a seeing eye dog that's different than someone who like wears contacts you know you might not even notice yes exactly and 
I would say, as the parent of someone with an invisible disability, and actually also step-parent of another person with an invisible mm-hmm. disability, because my stepson, Mira's stepbrother, has um, Asperger's. And so he is intelligent, able-bodied, all that sort of thing, but his disability shows up when he starts talking to people and he you know if you don't know he has Asperger's he just comes across as oh he's a bit quirky he's a bit different because he's maybe not he was picking... homeschooled like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just different because he's not picking up on social 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 cues and for him um you know he did fine in school and that sort of thing always struggled with uh friends he usually had one or two friends but not a lot of friends mm-hmm. and I think one of the sort of struggles is in looking for a job because he is uh, how old is he now? working age a working age now <laughs> is do you tell when you go for an interview do you tell an employer I have Asperger's and here's what it is or do you not tell them yeah and hope things go okay in the in the interview it's a really hard call because you know. It, you want to be up front, but you don't want to be taken out of the running because you yeah. have Asperger's or any other kind of invisible disability, you know? It's, yeah. it's a hard choice to make. And so far he has, I think, not said anything when he's gone on interviews and he does not generally get a call back. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going going well or if, you know, you're just up front and say, hey, I have Asperger's here's what it means here are the things that I will need but mm-hmm. you know here's the benefits like I can be very you know determined with things and you know go very at thorough. it till it's done very thorough very detail oriented and that kind of thing but you know you couldn't just tell him hey go clean up that area because it's too big he won't know where to start but if somebody took the time to go through step by step here's how to clean it he'll have that down cold and he'll clean it perfectly every time after that mm-hmm. so it's it's a hard one to, to, you know, I mean, you don't want to mislead an employer, but you don't want to be taken out of the running before you even get a chance. Right. And like, I look able-bodied as well. When I go for a job, do I tell them like, hey, I have a fainting disorder and I can't stand for more than 25 minutes at a time? Probably. Like, they need to be able to accommodate for disabilities, but also like, if you tell someone before you start a job, I can only stand for 20 minutes at a time, you're not getting hired. Like, that's, that's right. just the point. That's, that's the thing. And then when there are programs out there for, you know, finding employment for people with mm-hmm. disabilities, it is people with visible disabilities generally. And it's, yes. it's you know, you, you kind of fall in this weird gray area. Um, and I have to say, too, the thing that really bothers me about disabled people that are portrayed in like movies and tv shows is it's always like the blind woman who is stunningly beautiful and a very gifted violinist who plays for the symphony orchestra or the person in a wheelchair who defied all odds and graduated top of their class at harvard law and is now working in the courtroom a beautiful and, family and, and you know, yeah it's just very so, accomplished you are you yes. against all the odds in yeah. spite of that disability they you have yeah i and, agree <laughs> and they're also very attractive yeah and <laughs> very cute cute disabled people are the only disabled people that are allowed to exist i don't know if you knew and but <laughs> brilliant talented yeah all those other things you have to be brilliant and talented in spite yeah, in yeah. so that just bugged me because it just seems like 
that's just such a the it's way they're weird. portrayed. Yeah, and it it's like like for you, you you have that because you have pots and you have like the fainting issue, mm-hmm. big issue. You can't drive because yes. fainting while driving is not so safe. And but you also like can't ride a bike because you might faint and fall off the bike into traffic. Shouldn't probably go on real cliffy hikes. And, uh. <laughs> but, you know, like, transportation's a problem. Yeah. So it makes you reliant on people to get you places because, you know, and even taking public transit is a challenge because there's the anxiety of being on public transit and I'm about to faint or I need a bathroom because I'm about to throw up or, you know, you don't... Yeah. You're in a public on public transit you don't have access to that so that's very anxiety inducing and makes that a hard way to go as well so so even you know there there's things that it affects quite significantly and I don't know what a good fix for that is although I have to say I really wish there were government programs where they did things like um maybe one-on-one transit you know, like where they I have can... thought about that before. Like, what if they allowed people that had like non? I don't know if I would consider like how I would word that. Like non-life altering disabilities, like the yeah. ones I have, where it's not like I need someone to live with me full time. I need someone to be cooking me meals. I need someone to make sure that my home is clean so that it's not a danger to me, kind of thing. But like, what if people like me who had like not as severe disabilities? did have access to care aides that could go to the grocery store with them and take them home immediately that could you know i don't need someone for three hours five times a week i need someone for like one hour three times a week kind of thing yeah Yeah. we go to the grocery store at this time on this date and they'll that would be provided or something because many a time i've had to pull over the car so you could barf on the side of the road yes and you know can't really do that on public transit yes i cannot ask the bus to do that (laughs) and they they also throw up in the aisle. depending aisle. on the city might not care when you throw up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's you know, so something like that, like having a, like government programs that provided that kind of thing. Or another thing I thought about too is, what if there was like government employment programs where it's like you're hired to work in a at a particular job, like whatever a grocery store, say, but it's known that you may not show up all the time you may not show you know you might call in sick a lot and to have it pre-arranged so that it's they're okay with that like they've got all their staff covered they're not going to be scrambling short last minute all the time and on the days you are able to show up well there's just extra those are the days that they clean out the whatever or that would be so nice if the way that business is set up right now are not basically skeleton crews so no one has to pay employees (laughs) properly (laughs) but i mean it's the thing like you you can't work because you can't show up a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and that's that's not fair to an employer i get that from that side too but i i wish there was government programs where it was set up so that you're a a person with a disability that can't be there all the time is the bat you know the extra so they're they're covered and because i'm not not showing up to things because i'm like 
lazy or unmotivated or like disorganized yeah. or I'm like I'm too tired to get up this yeah. morning kind of thing. It's like I want to do things, <laughs> you know? Well, and I want to like have a social life and have a job and do stuff, but being able to show up on time for things that you've planned in advance when you have chronic illnesses like this is not feasible a lot yes. of the times. And things with like, you know, depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff, that makes it very challenging to yeah. show up. Yeah, executive to work all dysfunction the time. issues or real problems with mm-hmm. mental health problems. Yeah. So that, that is my wish list for the government. They could come up with some, some things like that. That would be helpful. Excellent. Yeah, because it's the thing. It's like, it's not like you don't want to work, don't want to have, you know, that all the stuff that comes with work. Money, for one. But, you know, also mm-hmm. the social interactions and all that kind of stuff. Staying at home all the time is... Well, we've all been doing it for a year and a half. and not many Welcome to my it. world, everybody. Um. <laughs> and so, yeah. But, you know, the perception that that people have is that you're lazy you're faking it it's not really as bad as you pretend it to be that mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's frustrating because I've seen you sick as a dog and I've seen you on days when you're feeling okay and mm-hmm. you know like average like everybody else kind of thing um but when people don't see that and they just see the exterior, which looks fine, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, that's what gets jumped to is, well, is it really as bad as she says it is? And it's also the thing of, like, if I'm feeling bad that day, I don't go do things. I'm not gonna go hang out with people. I'm not gonna go, like, you know, go to the store and shop around for things and whatever. Like, I don't go do stuff when I'm feeling bad. People who are wheelchair users can't be like, oh, dang, I'm in a wheelchair today. Guess I'm not doing anything. Like, that, you know, that's not an option for some people. And, like, I don't do things when I feel bad, whereas other forms of disability, you, they exist with you all the time, and they're, like, maybe a sliding scale for some things, but the fact that your disability exists is a constant and it's always at a constant level of I need to be in a wheelchair and therefore like it's a different situation Mm -hmm. I don't go do things and therefore people see me when I am feeling good when I'm feeling well when I've done my makeup and picked out a cute outfit and I've done my hair because I feel good and you know they don't see me when I'm like hanging out on my couch for the third day in the row and haven't showered yet because I can't stand up for that long yeah no, that's very true. That's very true. I I have a friend who's a paraplegic, mm-hmm. and uh, or quadriplegic, I should say, and he's. Um, but you know, he he has a carry that comes to the house, and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's it's a different situation, and it's it's always known that like if we're doing something with him and his wife, we know you know. It can't be at our house because there's stairs to get into our house. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you think of that kind of stuff ahead of time. Whereas if it's, if I'm doing something with you, it just depends on how you feel that day. Yeah. You know, it's it's always it's a changing. With him, yeah. it's a constant thing. With you, it's always a moving target because you. Never and I know. mean, he may have things where it's like he has pain that's better on some days and worse on others, mm-hmm. or has you know other issues that are better on some days and worse than others. But like the physical form of his disability, he is not less quadriplegic some days because of his disability right so it's just different you know you can plan ahead for him being in a wheelchair you can't plan ahead for me throwing up every 10 minutes you can't plan ahead for me like needing to lay on the ground with my feet against the wall you can't you know yeah a bit more difficult and then i would say the other thing that okay here's something so don't say to people with invisible disabilities (laughs) 
Has she tried yoga? Has she tried meditating? Has she tried essential oils? Has she tried a vegan diet? Has she tried an all-meat diet? Have you tried keto? Have you tried Atkins? Um, I was going to ask you actually to make me a sweater that says, yes, I've tried coconut oil on (laughs) it. I saw it the other day online and I was like, oh, that's really funny. I like that. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, don't you think if there was something she would have tried it. (laughs) Yes, and I did um, bring this up in our previous episode, but like that is rooted in ableism because it's fear. It's the fear of like, if I had this disability, I would drink the green smoothie, I would do the yoga, I would have the Mm -hmm. Atkins diet, I would do whatever, 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 and I would be better than you are right now. Yeah. And I would be healthier and I would be able to deal with it and whatever because it's scary for people. If you have a child that's like born missing a leg, that's you know a thing that happens Mm -hmm. if you get in a car accident and lose the function of a limb for forever then that's a thing that happens but just slowly getting sick over a period of time with no identifiable cause is a terrifying thought to a lot of people and it is ableist to like think that way but also like that's where it's rooted that it's fear that like oh my god this could happen to me literally next week and Mm -hmm. i would have no way of stopping it and they want to believe that they would be able to which I get. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's the thing too of like all those things may be very helpful for some people doing mm-hmm. yoga or meditation or eating a particular diet or whatever, but it's that's different from a being something that is like, oh, this makes me feel better mentally or physically, or as it turns out, I've got a bit of an intolerance to dairy, so cutting dairy out makes me feel so much better. That's different than a actual disability that is physically affecting your body it's that is different than having a food intolerance or uh you know that starting exercising makes you feel better or stronger or whatever it's just different it's different and again people want to sort of put that into the same category that you can fix it somehow sometimes you just can't and then I think the other thing that I get a lot is people asking me how's she doing is she better no. The answer's no. <laughs> Not better. And I think that's the thing. You wouldn't say that to somebody with like, oh, how's your, you know, multiple sclerosis? Are you better now? Are you over that? How's the cancer going? Is it gone? Like, like <laughs> and it just seems like. Which I, I mean, would probably to... be okay to ask if you knew it wasn't terminal, oh, but. <laughs> but, you know, things like that, that people live with on a constant basis like so you know are you over your diabetes now is that taken care of are you finished with that it's yeah and I feel like I have to like explain the last six months of your life every time somebody asks me well she was doing this and now this is helping a little but she still can't you know the whole story over again but really it's like no it's it doesn't get better it's not getting better there's a chance that there may be slow improvement over time some people uh, feel they grow out of it. Their mm-hmm. symptoms improve to the level where they find it's not a problem anymore. But uh, that's not the use. <laughs> but really, if someone's like suddenly cured of a disease, you usually tell people not that people have to come and ask you. And you're like, yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yes, she is fully cured of that yes. chronic disease. <laughs> yes, I don't have HIV anymore. I forgot. I forgot to I mention. Forgot to tell yep. people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, right, yeah that doesn't happen me. often. So. <laughs> So those are just some things that that bugged me 
just the and 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 I think that goes in hand in hand with the how is she doing is she better now goes hand in hand with the has she stopped faking this? Yes. Um, I have news for everybody. Uh, wondering if I'm faking it doesn't make me not disabled. Uh, wondering if I'm maybe too young to have this also doesn't make me disabled. Doesn't help that situation. Still right. disabled, even if you think I'm too young. Even if you think I'm faking it. Surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry you think I'm making it up. Um, how does it feel to be so wrong? <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. Sometimes we just people ask some real dumb questions. Well, not only dumb, but I just think like I can't believe you're asking me that. That I would never think of asking somebody something that was like rude slash personal. I get those occasionally too. Yeah. I had someone ask me a while ago if I'd tried bringing the problem to Jesus, oh. which. <laughs> Which, uh, just to be clear, if that's uh, if that's the way that you choose to handle your medical situations, um, I suggest you go to a doctor, and then you can bring the leftovers to Jesus if you so choose, I guess. But uh, I think doctors should probably be the front line. Then Jesus, sure. Jesus later, if that is if that's your choice. But it was just a very strange conversation where I was just like, oh, I'm not really religious. I'm that's not really how I choose to. Uh, frame things in my life kind of thing and they were just like oh have you considered god is punishing you and that's why this is happening it's like well maybe i don't want to pray to a god that would punish me like this have you considered that maybe maybe i'll go pray to satan maybe he's gonna help me out a little bit i don't think we're friends anymore anyways <laughs> it, it, i don't know it's just people sometimes say some like weirdly yeah i don't know weird just, stuff just some weird stuff it's like they don't like, think it through oh, all the way yeah <laughs> Maybe that's it. And I'm not saying, like, people are well-intentioned. Oh, yeah. For the most part, it's not, like, rude or anything. It's just, like, you know, it's just like somebody saying to you, have you gained weight? How much? You know, it's that kind of Are you of pregnant? Thing <laughs> oh. Where you would think, no. I wouldn't ask that of somebody. Mm -hmm. But to each their own, I guess. All right. You got anything more? Um... I have the top five most common invisible disabilities lifted off, okay. which are chronic dizziness, chronic fatigue, mental illnesses, chronic pain, and autism. Which you I have four of those. An interesting <laughs> list. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was a list of five things. Feel free, everybody, to guess which four. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I guess that's that about wraps it up just wanted to yeah just talk about invisible disabilities and they do affect a lot of people and oh, yeah. it's yeah just because you you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there or that it's not real or that it's not serious or you know that the person isn't um dealing with some stuff Yes. Um, the ability for me to hide the level of pain that I am in on a regular basis doesn't make me not in pain that uh <laughs> that's something a lot of people have a really difficult time with like i am someone who is in chronic pain and that means all the time that means when you ask me how are you doing and i say fine that actually means i'm in pain right now when <laughs> when you say how's your pain going and i say it's okay today that means it's the same level it is as most of the other days not that it's not there <laughs> like, like when you when a normal person has the flu that's how mira feels all the time 
Yes, uh, a lot of times, yes, where it's like just the general aches and pains and stuff. And then when I do have a bad pain day, it's like this is not a fantabulous time for anybody to be going through right now. We're not having a, a fresh time. It's not good. And, you know, it leads to issues when I go to doctors and I have other things that are having issues. And they say, rate your pain on a scale of 1 to 10. And I go... Well, like, the pain right now, while I'm sitting in this chair right in front of you, the pain from, like, today averaged out, the worst pain I've been in for the last seven days, like, where are we ballparking this? Do I tell you, like, my average that I feel on a regular day, and we, like, work off of that? Like, is my zero actually a six, and we just move up past that? Like, I don't know how to frame that situation, because I've looked up the scale before. I know Mm -hmm. what all of those individual numbers mean. And, like, that means that I have to start between, like, a four and a six most days, which is a problem. I, like, that's a problem when you go to the hospital and they're like, how much pain are you in? And you're like, uh, at least some all the time because that's drug-seeking behavior and they're not going to help you. Right, yeah. (laughs) We did see a doctor once where I'm pretty sure that's what they thought they were doing. I know. I have had to tell many doctors several times, like, I don't want painkillers. I don't want drugs. That is a last-ditch effort for me. I don't want to, like, be on medication for forever because aside from the fact that I don't want to be on pain medication on a regular basis, I also, uh, because of the brain fog issues, have a really difficult time taking medication regularly, like, on a schedule. Plus you throw it up a lot. I do throw it up a lot. Also a thing that happens. Um... (laughs) But, like, taking medication on a schedule is difficult, so I don't want to be on a pain medication regimen where I am in charge of administering that pain medication because I'm going to miss it and then I'm going to be in pain, and that's going to suck. So, not a fabulous time. Doctors seem to think I want drugs all the time. Uh, So, thank you, Canada, for having legal marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, I don't want to take pain meds, so lots of legal marijuana. (laughs) Okay. Well, that about wraps it up. I think that's good. Um, if you're under the invisible disability umbrella, welcome to the club. Um, if you've just found out that you technically have a disability and you never realized before, uh, welcome to the club. I see memes and uh, posts and stuff online constantly from people being like, well, I'm not disabled, but I totally relate because my depression does this to me. It's like, son, I got news for you. <laughs> So, welcome to the club. If you just found out you were disabled, jump on this bandwagon. It's a fresh time over here. Uh, <laughs> Everybody wants. We were handing out snacks. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. it's so, not a small group, so welcome. <laughs> no, uh, that's for sure. Okay, and if you want to... Uh, if you want to interact with us, we're um, at adulting but not grown up on Instagram, adulting but not grown up at gmail.com. Feel free to uh, slide into our DMs, tell us about your invisible disability, whatever you so choose. Come hang out with us. See y'all later.